0: What's happening, my Jack family? Coach Scott here, jacked at the 40.com and shredded at the 40.com. Welcome to another episode of the Jacked at the 40 podcast. Do I ever have an incredible episode to share with you today? This is probably my favorite episode of the Jacked at the 40 podcast of all time. Once again, I'm joined by my one-on-one coaching client, Aaron Sanchez. Today we talk about Having high standards when it comes to getting lean and building muscle after forty, when it is a healthy fascination and something healthy to strive for, and when it can become unhealthy and things that you need to be careful with um, so you avoid developing a disorder when it comes to body image, eating disorders, all that kind of stuff, in addition to that, we talk about the common advice of if there is certain foods that are triggers for you, certain foods that you Uh, tend to overeat, you can't control yourself with, what we do, like the common advice to just not have it in your house and why that is good advice. But what is even better advice because that advice is just good in the short term, but we want to set you up for long term success. So you want to tune in for that. This is again, like I said, an incredible episode. I hope you enjoy it. Look forward to hearing your feedback. If you enjoy it, please do us a favor, smash that thumbs up button. Share it with a fellow bro who would benefit from hearing this as well. Alright Aaron, so you and I have been talking a lot this week about how we're both about three poundish away from our goal. Like we both like to drop three pounds to to get to the point where we feel is ideal for us, our ideal physique. And we've talked about how we have higher standards for ourselves. And probably like most of the outside world would look at us and be like, "Well, oh, damn, like you're way beyond wherever the point that I'd ever want to get to. And some may even look at us and maybe think, all right, you, you've probably got some body image issues. You probably have body dysmorphia. But I think like you and I talking together, we're so much alike I believe in our, in our way of thinking, I think it's just more of a a higher standard that we set for ourselves. but it's a, it's a healthy, it's a healthy, higher standard. It's a, a healthy fascination with our human potential. And we're both kind of grounded in wanting to do what's best for us. Like we want to feel our best. We want to perform our best. Like we want to live our lives to the fullest. So I think taking, even though we want to strive for leaner, we want to get more muscle in certain areas. You've talked about a thicker back, maybe thicker abs and shoulders. Um, We have this healthy fascination with our body, but it's not, I mean, maybe obsessive a little bit to a point, but it just suits our, it suits our personality. It suits, to me, it's in tune with my my inner nature. It's congruent with who I am. And I do feel my best. I know dropping three more pounds, I, I was there, Um, at the end of my mini cut at the end of January felt freaking felt the best I felt in a while. And it's where I was last summer, all summer. I just know that three pounds later is where I'm moving my best performing my best feeling my best. I love the look that I have there. And I think a lot of people on the outside looking in going, you've got, you've got body dysmorphia, man. Like you're just obsessed with your body. And it's not the case. It's easy for someone to think something, project something on you, but body dysmorphia is, it's a serious issue out there. It's very, I mean, it's all consuming. All you're thinking about is gotta get leaner, uh, gotta get bigger, it's never enough, and you're obsessed, you're thinking like, anytime someone sees you, man, they think I'm fat. Like, are they looking at my love handles? Or like, there's just, you're thinking bad thing. everyone thinking bad things about you, and you're like probably afraid to take your shirt off by the beach, and that doesn't describe us in the least. Body image issues? I. I don't think it's an issue so much as it is a higher standard. So talk to me a bit about like why you want to push the lean, leanest level a little bit more and and why you think three more pounds. Uh, It's, it's an arbitrary number. I mean, I think it's mostly a look that you're going for, but why do you want to strive
1: for a little bit better with yourself? Um, I think I've changed and I mean, it is my goal, um, but because like my goals have changed a little bit, And it switched a lot more to performance. So for me, that is the big thing. Um, I want to not only keep my athleticism, but gain athleticism. And I've been, you know, many years back, I was big into, you know, getting handstands down and it always fascinated me. And I wanted to be able to do that kind of stuff like be more dominant with body weight exercises and have more control through um, certain range of motions and those moves. And once, so for me, it's about carrying being a little bit lighter to be able to progress in those things without as much wear and tear on my body. And so it kind of goes hand in hand, which to tie in, you do a great job with, I'm trying to get there, but you're not passing up events because you're concerned with your physique. You know, neither am I. So if, well, you, you constantly say if an opportunity presents yourself, whether that involves around food, whether that involves around alcohol, whether that's both you're not going to skip. We're not at the point where like, we're just like shunning friends and family to lose three more pounds. As you say, an arbitrary number I'm doing it because I want to be able to perform a little bit better, move a little bit better, have a little bit less to carry when I'm you know, going through those practices for my shoulders, for my wrist, for my, you know, my lats, all those stabilizing muscles that I need. And, um, so for me, it's about optimizing performance and health and moving better. When I carry more weight, um, my strength levels, there's, I guess like an inverse U. it doesn't, it goes up to a point and then it drops off from where, when I'm leaner. And so it's been through trial and error over years where I just want to stay within shooting range to be able to eat the food, to support training, to support being a father, being a husband, doing all the normal things I have to do in my day to day while trying to push it in the gym and learn those things. So, um, you know, yesterday went out with the family or, you know, three days in a row, we went out and we went out to eat and, I didn't avoid things. I wasn't just simply eating salads and drinking water, but I was more mindful of how things are affecting me and how I'm feeling, how I'm sleeping. And I think it's an unhealthy mentality to have, to think, well, I've got to eat the pizza. If I've got to eat the pizza and I've got to eat the desserts and I've got to drink because everyone else says that's how you have a good time. And I don't, I'm having a great time. I feel good. I, you know, progressing in handstands and sleep is good. Energy level's good. I don't have to slam, you know, four espresso shots just to get in the gym and find motivation that way. So actually contrary,
0: actually contrary to that, like you've been cutting back on caffeine (laughs) And, and actually feeling pretty damn good
1: exactly and i i found that too like i i save it for the days where i know i have a more intense training session i have more going on in the day and i actually see a benefit from that where i go in i get my espresso shot and it actually does something rather than just make me tired immediately and so yeah i've been running with you know on most days between Less than 50 milligrams for sure, and on the occasional day it climbs, you know, 7 75 to 125, um, rarely above that. But I mean, that's what's working for me right now. And you know, that I'm bound to change my opinion. I reserve the right to change my opinion <laughs> tomorrow if I want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I think that says, I mean, off on a little sidetrack here, but it says a lot about your lifestyle, optimizing your lifestyle, consuming mostly whole natural nutrient rich foods, focusing on your sleep, managing your stress, like you don't need to caffeinate in order to feel better, perform better. And it just goes to show like being this level of leanness and even striving for a little bit more. It's how we are feeling our best. Like so many people are feeling way shittier than we are and they're consuming all the junk food. They're higher in body fat percentage. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's very easy for people on the outside looking in to, to judge us based on uh, appearance a level of leanness and assume, assume we've got all these health issues and all that because we are lean and we want to strive for leaner.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the contrary to that, too, is it's, you know, I don't want to come off as judgmental because if you eat pizza and you eat ice cream, like I love those things and I eat them when I want. Um, but right now, you know, I was away for the better part of five weeks. I ate a lot of that stuff and it started to take its toll. I wasn't you know, I was having to like nap in the afternoon and I was dragging a little bit more. So I was reaching for the Coke zero or, and it was more of like, just to kind of tide me over in that like two to 6 PM range where I was like, oh yeah, like I need a sip of something to get going. And, um, you know, so it was just, it was trial and error. It was something I picked up on, that i was gonna say you know i'm saying hey let's see how it is when you get back to eating normal and you know less processed foods and performance you know during that time too you know my performance goals kind of shifted and and so yeah i mean i i love i love to eat i love all of those foods but now it's back to being you know a little bit more picky and choosy with when i'm doing those things
0: right <laughs> hey baxter <laughs> usually it's chief with the interruption <laughs> that's awesome um, yeah i heard that um interesting is like you're talking about handstands and everything and and how we are impressed with like gymnast the gymnast physique we got the olympics coming up here And you think of a lot of the the athletes, the sports that are in these summer Olympics, the gymnasts, the sprinters, the Olympic weightlifters, like these guys are freaking ripped. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone talking to the screen going, wow, that that guy sure has body dysmorphia. Like, look how lean he is. He can't be healthy here. He can't be performing his best. Like if if being lean was a restriction to performing your best, those Olympic athletes would not be freaking lean (laughs) they are right now i think there's a lot to say about their physiques and that level of performance um and how they're able to perform their their best oh
1: absolutely and like i haven't looked into why i looked into the chinese national team and not the um united states national team i don't know but like the and granted these are the elite of the elite we're talking about. right Which I'm in no way comparing myself to them because those, I mean, they're just the uber talented. But like the Chinese national team, for instance, I mean, you may have a morning, those guys are lifting three to five days a week, Olympic lifting, and then putting in work for their body weight work, practicing, you know, whatever skill they're, they're going into for the Olympics. And yeah, I mean, they've got to deal with a lot and they're not, so it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword for them where they've got to eat enough to recover, to continue growing while not gaining body fat, because once you start creeping up, you know, it's a little bit harder to hold an iron cross. If you're hell, if you're even, let's just go back to our magical number, three pounds heavier, for sure, a little bit harder to do pull ups, or it's a little bit harder to do, um, do the things they need to do. And, and so that's kind of, you know, getting back to it. Most days, I mean, really, we talk a lot about it, but I don't really think about it a lot, my physique. I just know I'm going to eat the foods that are fueling me, um, again, to do the things I need to do day in and day out, but also support my lifestyle. And, you know, whether it's the kids asking me to go play basketball or football or ultimate Frisbee or golf or whatever it is we do in a day and hike and that kind of stuff while being able to put in the effort I want to in the gym and also try to <laughs> become more proficient in handstanding. Right.
0: It's, it, it's awesome. It's a balancing act. There's no doubt about it. And heightened sense of awareness with everything is is absolutely uh, absolutely key. Uh, one thing that I actually just in my newsfeed, like, as I was thinking about this topic for, for this week's podcast, uh, an old post from Alex Viada. I don't know if you follow any of his work. He's like hybrid training. He's like a endurance that like, I'm, he's a beast of a guy who's also like oh. really into cardio. He's Is he just out? awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just, just amazing. So he had a post, uh, I think it was like four years ago and it just popped up in my feed yesterday. I think it was uh, where he was talking about how, like there was a point because he dealt with like a body dysmorphia, eating disorders, and it like wrecked him for a while. And when he got out of that and gained some weight back and actually got heavier, he started kind of shaming anyone who was trying to get lean, saying like, if you want to be that lean, it's unhealthy. You're going to get, you're going to have an EDs in You're going to all this stuff because that was his, experience. And I see that so much in the industry. So many, so many of the the coaches or the influencers who are arguing against being lean, or even some of the comments that I receive on YouTube myself, people like you want to get lean or you're crazy. You've got, you've got these issues. It's like, they've had issues themselves and they're kind of projecting that if just because they had it, everyone else who's lean must have all these issues as well. And like Alex mentioned that he's like, finally, when he was able to overcome the like the mental challenge, like the mental hurdles realize why he getting lean turned into an an eating disorder, like behavior there, realizing that that was his issue that he needed to work Mm -hmm. through. And like, you can get lean in a healthy way. And he ended up did getting lean once again in a healthy way that he wasn't able to go to the extreme and, and damage his body. Now he's a high performance machine. So it's really great to see someone who, who's gone to both ends and and recognizes the the problem. We can't project on other people just because we've had an issue with a certain experience ourselves.
1: Yeah. And I think that's I mean, it's very easy to fall prey to that mentality where you think, Oh, well somebody, you know, he's using steroids or, or any of that. You you know, it's prevalent. You, You see it all the time, whether it's the Olympics or in major league baseball, national hockey, whatever the sport, if you think that like um, people are constantly, you know, whether taking drugs or doing something illegal to reach that level. And you can also argue, and I wouldn't argue against it, like the best of the best do things that other do work that others are just not willing to do. And again, that sounds like I'm saying I'm that way and like, no, I cannot go play in the NFL or the MLB or, or any of that. I just try to push myself for myself. And it's something, it's a big topic of conversation with my, my boys, who, um, you know, my older is now getting into weightlifting, and as I mentioned last week, he's a lot of nutrition questions. He himself is starting to realize when I eat this, I'm hungry 30 minutes after, and I'm not sleeping quite as well, and so he again, it's just a matter of like, it's just having an awareness. And um, I mean, yeah, that's, I think those kinds of, those kinds of things are awesome. Hearing about Kobe Bryant, like having a poor sho- shooting night and then going, getting into the gym for three hours after to work on improving himself. Like Roger Federer, one of the greatest tennis players of all time. Like he stays away from his family the month leading up to an event so he can optimize sleep he doesn't have to cook he has his private chef who's cooking all of his meals like I would love to be able to do that to like optimize those things but I'm also realistic and like last night my youngest came in with leg cramps at 2am and I I lost two hours of sleep. Would I change that? No, absolutely not. But like, yeah, I struggled a little bit waking up and <laughs> getting into the gym, didn't have the best session, but I did it and, you know, lived to fight another day.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we're just trying to be our best. I, I, I love how you you explained all of that there. Just just yeah, being your best self there based on the situation striving for better in all areas, trying to balance things out while improving yourself, which is key. I mean, that's, again, it's all about living our our lives to the fullest. And, And speaking of your son here and you wanting to drop three pounds, we've had conversations this week about like how we are, we do like to enjoy our life. We're trying to find that balance with nutrition where we're not overly restrictive. Yet at the same time, to kind of take it to that next level, you do have to be careful with some things. I mean, I've gone through fat loss phases where I've had every Friday night, I would have alcohol. I've gone through fat loss phases where I cut out alcohol. This last mini cut, I ate for 28 days, nothing but nutrient rich foods the entire time. And I felt incredible. Um, But again, it was ideal situations for me. For you, you've got your your son who is really into baking right now. He is uh, a baking... Just yeah. incredible. Just a chef. So he's he's always made your favorite. favorite carrot cake last week, as we talked about in the last podcast, uh, macarons. like He's just, so you've got all these temptations around you all the time. It's very easy. I think the advice that we, we often give out, I think it is great advice is to, if you have temptations, there's stuff, whether it's alcohol or, or certain treats that you enjoy and you don't have control over, just keep them out of the house. But it's not always easy with family, especially family who has a passion for baking as well. So um, talk a little bit about how how you're handling that and how you'd like to improve upon, I guess, gaining control over the foods that or drinks that kind of have control over you right now.
1: Yeah. It's just being very cognizant of You know, one of the strategies I've always liked to implore is like kind of banking some calories if we're going to go out to eat. But what I've noticed is that it creates this negative headspace for me where when we're out, then I feel like, well, I have all these calories. I might as well use them rather than just sticking to my routine, normal and listening to my actual hunger cues which are working just fine um but then it's also on the opposite end of the spectrum it's realizing that like right now for whatever reason while i have this goal like alcohol i'll get a drink or two in me and i just lose inhibition and it's just um uh, you know, it, it's just like I'm craving foods that I'm not when I'm not drinking, and so you know, as I, I think I alluded to yesterday with you, or it may have been today, where it's just like I've come to the conclusion that like right now, while I have this goal, I'm gonna keep alcohol to the very minimum, if I drink at all, right. and oh, which ahead.
0: really isn't which really isn't out of the norm for you for the most part, it's just been this past five weeks, traveling, Correct. vacation. Yeah. Normally you're not a big drinker to begin with. So you cutting out alcohol, it's not that big of a deal to you all that much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it really is. I've, I mean, I want to be a part of the group. If I'm with my brother, we're with family or with friends or, you know, it's, it's whatever the situation may be, but I've, you know, I've found like, I get the same sort of feeling if I'm drinking a kombucha or a mocktail or a non-alcoholic beer. Plus I don't lose all inhibition. And again, you know, another thing I've talked with you about is, you know, I think during the pandemic, like. I, I started to crave sweets like bad, like real bad. And I would seek those things out and I've kind of returned to baseline. Um, again, where I like those things, but I'm not like, I'm not actively seeking them out. I can have my square or two of dark chocolate and it completely kills my appetite. And that like desire I have, um, and but like when I drink, it's like I'm craving those things. And so if the problem is I'm only craving those things when I drink, well, then it probably makes sense to um remove that issue right now right. until a later time. And coincidentally, I mean consequently, if I can have a 70 calorie kombucha or non-alcoholic beer. And I get the same feeling as if I had a cocktail, but it doesn't lead me to then just want to devour a sleeve of cookies or my son's macaron, which are incredible, by the way. And I didn't start out liking macaron, I'll be honest. But he is, is quite the, the baker. And so, yeah, I mean, and those are always in the house, always available. Um, <laughs> and I was... You, I wanted to ask you, you have this three pound goal, two to three pound goal, but yet you don't pass up an opportunity if a neighbor is inviting you over for a bonfire and hanging out. So how are you approaching things right now with like, yes, you have this goal um, maybe are you going to partake a little less or are you just going to stretch your goal out? Like, where are you? Um, where's your headspace at when it comes to that?
0: Yeah, so I I gained five pounds. There was a, a two-week time period back end of February, beginning of March when we went into this shutdown. It was right when we were told the shutdown was going to ease up and I was all excited for getting out, meeting people, getting like back on the dating scene and everything. And it got the rug got pulled out from under me. And it, uh, it really affected me emotionally. And I turned to food. It, it, it never happens, <laughs> never happens. And, and that time there's two weeks where I just didn't stop eating. So I gained five pounds in that two week time period. And I told myself I was gonna do a mini cut, get rid of that five pounds. Uh, but yeah, it's just been lots of little opportunities presenting themselves. I still look great. So that's, that's, that's both the, the tough part when you're already really lean, it's very easy to justify those extra treats there. When someone invites you, ah, fuck, I look good anyways. Why, why not partake? Um, so it's like, if the opportunity did present itself, I would partake. And so since like the end of March, I've dropped two of those pounds by, (laughs) being good most of the time and partaking in stuff. So it's been like a slow, steady process where I have some days in a deficit, some days in a bit of a surplus, never a huge surplus or anything like that. So it's been slow and steady, but like I'm at a point right now where I'm like, all right, three pounds. I just want to get it done and over with. So it's better for me to, to keep things in check. Like if I am going to, partake. Someone invites me over for a drink or for desserts or foods. I got my son's birthday coming up. Um, I'm going to enjoy it, but just eat to the point of satisfaction and keep things within maintenance level calories. So like maybe once a week hit maintenance and the rest of the time be in a deficit and really like three pounds should only take me like two weeks to get that. So if I'm disciplined for two weeks, I can get it done and over with and, um, and be fine. So that's where my headspace is right now. I'm definitely going to be enjoying some treats on my son's birthday. Probably have a drink with my dad, um, but I can enjoy just one drink. I savor the sips. I savor those drinks. I I don't like to have more than two. There's the odd time I'll have maybe three, and it, I pay the price the next day. So I'm. It's easy for me to stop at two now. It never used to be easy for me to stop at two, <laughs> but uh, just knowing that I don't like to feel lethargic uh my focus goes out the door my productivity goes out the door uh and like you like after two drinks my appetite like i'm looking through the covers i'm looking through the fridge even if i'm not hungry it's just inhibition good yep. does go out the window there so i'm very very similar to you there so well i like, i won't cut out alcohol like i will enjoy a drink with my dad there because i do want to enjoy those but i'm gonna i'm gonna keep it in check like one drink a small piece of dessert um so that that day will keep in check. I'm not going to like you You mentioned banking calories very much like you, where you see that that's an approach that even I've recommended for some people. It's going to work for some people banking the calories that way they can eat more at night. They feel more satisfied. They get full faster and they'll they can shut it off at their target. Uh, and for other people, the re- recommendation might be to all right before you go out, eat a big meal. So you're not hungry when you go out. Both of those typically don't work for me. Like if I bank my calories, it depends on the time of day. If it's eating very little to save up for like a nighttime pig out fest kind of thing, uh, I'm so freaking ravenous by that point that I have no control. I can't, I can't let my hunger get to that point where I'm really freaking hungry because I just can't shut it off. I, I have a tough time. It takes a long time for me to hit that signal that I'm full, that I'm satisfied. So I, I don't do that. And if I, if I eat beforehand and I still see all these glorious foods in front of me, it doesn't stop me from eating more. At that point, I eat beyond the point of satisfaction and, and overstuff myself. So uh, I just like you mentioned, my, I keep my routine. I'm so routine with my shake for breakfast. Uh, what I might do is cut out the my, my shake for breakfast, and then I have the, the eggs, oats and berries and veggies. That's my second meal. My third meal is usually the Greek yogurt and berries. I might cut out the Greek yogurt and berries because I'm usually very satisfied up to that point. So that'll save me like 300 to 400 calories that I can then add to that dinner meal when I'm,
1: when I'm out of it. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's a good point because there are foods that I eat that I do eat for the flavor, but like in and of themselves – There's like certain fruits I eat or nut butters that add just an amazing flavor, but they really don't like fill me up in and of themselves. And so I, you know, that is a better strategy to kind of maybe half those things or drop those things to save. Again, we're not talking about saving a thousand calories, but a few hundred, you know, can make a difference give you a little bit extra leeway. And yeah, I mean, for me, it's, I mean, just to rehash it's get to a place and I'm already super hungry. And then we're starting with a cocktail or a beer or whatever. And then it's just like at that point, I'm buzzed faster and everything starts to look things I don't even want or like ever sound appetizing. And, you know, so it's just something I've learned with myself and you got to make the adjustment.
0: Yeah. That's an interesting thing right there. And I've heard that from other clients in the past, look like, just eating when you're not even hungry and you're not even enjoying it and eating foods that you're not even really enjoying just for the sake of eating. It's kind of, it's weird. We are humans. <laughs> humans are very, we're wired so oddly <laughs> for some of the, the eating behaviors we have. It's, it's hard to explain. It's hard to rationalize why we do some of the things we do. And it happens to so many of us, like when we lose control over times, it's uh,
1: it's fascinating. And and again, it's, it's, I say situational, like I know I have a bad habit of like not realizing the out, not influences because I don't have anyone like eat this or, you know, you're going to die. It, it, but it's just like life stresses get in the way. And for me, I've, you know, I've said it in previous podcasts, but I kind of became a more nervous eater. Like when I'm under more periods of stress, um, those things are higher. It's kind of manifested itself in, in eating and, Um, so it's just having that awareness going into it and just, you know, stopping for a moment and just asking yourself for, for me, asking where I'm at and do I really want this thing or do I think I want this thing? And how is that going to be if I had it? And generally not as great as I'm thinking, but the next day I feel it. And, you know, usually it comes in the form of, especially with my brother, form of us taking shots together when neither of us wanted it, but we're together and we hadn't seen each other in two years. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, but yeah, you, know, you, it's, yeah. it's, it's all a learning experience now.
0: Exactly, man. And that's exactly, that is, I was just about to say that exact same thing. Like we're, we're both at, like we both put in time and work and we are getting better and better. Uh, this isn't something you can just flip the switch and all of a sudden, Hey, I no longer crave these things. Now I can all of a sudden eat to the point of satisfaction. Um, we've talked about this, uh, this last night as well, about how, like, I do think, yeah, it's good advice to keep things out of the house. Like your triggers, if you can, it is a lot, it's a lot tougher when you do have family, you have kids like for, for, like when my kids were younger and the box cereal was in the house, like that was my big weakness, especially on a Sunday afternoon, watching football. If I didn't get a great sleep the night before, um, and I was dehydrated, I wasn't drinking enough water. I found I would devour an entire box of cereal. No problem while watching the game and just want more and more food. But it was this level of awareness over time, like taking the time to really evaluate the situation before just grabbing that food, and mindlessly eating it like like, do i really need this i didn't sleep well last night i'm probably dehydrated i'm not drinking enough water let's go for water first uh go for more voluminous foods like healthy foods first uh before going to that and then decide do i really want to eat that entire box of cereal um and i never i used to not have i had good control when i was a kid it was it was forced upon me like portion control in my household was mandatory thing is like i got a row of cookies that was my row of cookies my sister got one my dad got one my mom got one Uh, i couldn't overeat at that point but then when i got out of the house on my own i'm like i can eat the whole box myself and i was like i had to relearn control um and i always admired my ex-wife who could have like two cookies and be like fine and i'm like i have two cookies i can eat the whole box like but it took time it took practice it took awareness so for me, it wasn't so much like I got to get cookies out of the house because I'm going to eat the entire box. Like, why am I eating yeah. the entire box? So I think it's important to, all right, OK, in the beginning, if you got this short term goal, OK, do your best to keep things and give yourself the best chance to lose this weight. But for the long term success, you got to get to the root cause. Like, got to learn to have control over those cookies rather than the cookies having control over you.
1: And you can, I mean, we're talking about food, but you can apply it to any goal, whether it's you're trying to start your own business or you're trying to like put in for a promotion and let's say Netflix is your trigger. And once you watch a show you're interested in, you want to just continue watching episodes. It's all of those things. Um, So, yeah, I mean, again, it's just it's it's for me, it's always just taking a moment and just checking in with myself, really, and saying, do I even really want this thing? And, you know, like with my son's creations, I'm usually a tester and it's something we share together because I enjoy um creating baking and cooking and doing all of that, and exploring new foods. And so I want to be present and available for that. And But yeah, I'm also, again, right now, I mean, a huge trigger is alcohol. So it's not, I don't need to drink every day. I don't even need to drink on the weekends. And mm-hmm. I've been looking for non-alcoholic drinks or, sparkling waters and that scratches the itch. And given that I have other goals, that's just what I'm going to do. Love it, man. I love
0: it. Fantastic discussion. I think a lot of the fellow men over 40 watching today's podcast, listening to today's podcast will resonate with a a lot. We, we have talked about here. Um, I think it's freaking awesome. I love, I love that we're striving for our goals together. We're striving to be our best selves learning and growing to become our best in all areas of our our life, not letting our physique goals consume us and, and distract from other areas that are important to, to us uh, in life here. So dude, I I really appreciate you sharing your perspectives and uh, sharing in this conversation. Uh, It's just been a blast talking to you once again, and just a blast sharing this journey together.
1: Yeah, definitely. But before we wrap up, I was going to say, let's say come Monday, down three pounds what's the goal after that like what are you targeting what are you trying to what is the plan how does it change things for you
0: yeah right back to to around maintenance level calories just a very very gentle surplus like my whole goal is just uh, again i don't like being i like to spend as little time in a deficit throughout the year as possible uh, so getting back to maintenance, slightly above maintenance level calories, so I can feel my best perform my best, um, definitely thickening up a little bit, which is a slow and steady process, no matter how many freaking calories I consume. Uh, so keeping the, the leanness in check, just that slow, steady progress over a very long period of time, going to be starting hockey again in, uh, in the fall. So probably up my conditioning work a little bit, I'm having a blast out. On the paddleboard but uh, i think i'm gonna start working in some biking as well to get the legs really going get them used to to doing like some intervals on the bike where i'm like outdoors on the bike having fun not not, on, not indoors i want to be outside living my life to the fullest i enjoy the outdoor scenery so i'm gonna push my legs push my conditioning so i'm ready for hockey because we didn't play last year this is the first year since I was four years old that I haven't played organized hockey. So it's, it's going to be a shock once I get on the ice. So working in some of those kind of things, I love, uh, I've been playing around with the handstands as well. Definitely working on improving my athleticism as well as building up my, my physique as, uh, as well.
1: Good deal. Good deal.
0: Yes, sir. We'll be talking more about that kind of fun stuff and upcoming podcast for now. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you did, please do us a favor, smash that thumbs up button. We'd really appreciate it. You know, fellow bro who would benefit from watching today's podcast, listening to today's podcast, do them a favor, share it with them for go, Don't forget to download your free guide. Jacked after 40, drop a comment down below, share your thoughts, share your insights. Let us know if you relate to what we talked about today. Have a self-amazing day. We'll catch you in the next podcast.